Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on this very special hour brought to you on the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live in the studio with Chuck and Joanne. Good morning, Father. (laughs) You might recognize our voices from the regular First Friday show. It's not the first Friday. This is special. This is even more special. This is the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. As we enter into this hour celebrating today's great feast in the life of the Church, we invite you to join us as we begin with a prayer, the prayer taken from today's Mass in celebration of the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we, who glory in the heart of your beloved Son, and recall the wonders of his love for us, may be made worthy to receive an overflowing measure of grace from that fount of heavenly gifts. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck and Joanne. Yes. Well, Father, Today's a big day. It's a great day. (laughs) You know, it's the Super Bowl day. But it's a Super Bowl day with the Eucharist and our Lord. And, uh, him, in the most Father. holy way possible. In the most him. holy way possible. He's a convert. Yeah. <laughs> and you are an excellent one, I well, should say. Yes. <laughs> Father, as we know, June is the month of the Sacred Heart. Amen. And I think some people, our listeners today are going to find out why is June the month of the Sacred Heart. Mm. And I know, Father, we've discussed talking a little bit about the devotion of the heart of Jesus, the background of it, and then talk about the connection between Corpus Christi and the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Mm. And I'd like to read just a very short paragraph uh, from the Magnificat today. It's the meditation. And, Father, you can comment on this, but it really, uh, I think, uh, talks about why the love, the Eucharist, and the heart of Jesus is one. Devotion to the Blessed Eucharist and devotion to the Sacred Heart are not only two sisters, two sister devotions. In reality, they are only one and the same devotion. They complete each other and develop each other. They blend so perfectly together that one cannot stand without the other, and their union is absolute. Speechless. <laughs> but we're not allowed to be because we're on air. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's absolutely the truth. And that's mm-hmm. why when over these, uh, my goodness, um, over these years where we've been actively promoting and rebuilding. Eleven, Father. And advocate. I mean, it just it sounds so long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Working to, you know, re-enthrone the Sacred Heart in so many Christian homes. How often have we heard that? As long as there is a, um, maybe just a benign distance from the Lord, especially in the Holy Eucharist, as long as it's just benign, maybe ignorance or whatnot, um, when the Sacred Heart is introduced into the life of the home, when the Sacred Heart of Jesus is introduced in the life of the Christian, there automatically begins to rekindle a, a powerful devotion and love for Jesus in the Eucharist, because it is one and the same reality. Likewise, uh, it makes so much sense for us to really begin with, to reach out to those who have a beautiful, powerful love for the Lord Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament, to encourage them to enthrone the Sacred Heart, because it's the one reality. It doesn't mean they're the only ones we reach out to. This this reality is meant for every single human heart, the devotion to the heart of Jesus. But, you know, there's you kind of hit a hurdle, or maybe a challenge, I should say. If someone outright denies the presence of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, it's incredibly hard to cultivate within them and even just an openness to the Sacred Heart. Because if they're denying the one, then they're going to deny the all. But if they have a seed of faith, yeah, and yep, they're exactly. open to yep. enthrone, yeah. then, you know, the heart of Jesus will yep. help them yeah. to make the connection of his with his burning love is that true, Father? Well, that's why, I mean, it's like someone could be distant. Yeah. Or someone could have like a benign neglect through mm-hmm. no fault of their own. It's just right. kind of like the, the waves of life pulled you away from the shore. Right. You know, they're, they're prime, you know, mm-hmm. because they're, they're yearning for that love that is divine mm-hmm. and that love that is mercy. 
Uh, but, you know, we kind of hit that hindrance when you run into someone who denies the Lord and his words. Mm-hmm. And when we enter into today's feast, the solemnity of the most sacred heart and the life of the church, and we pray the mass and we acknowledge the presence of the Lord in our home through the image of the sacred heart, we uh, honor the Lord's presence in our local church reserved in the tabernacle. Maybe we even are able to visit him during adoration. You know, those are all moments where we encounter the person of Jesus and we open ourselves up to the, his word. You know, and uh, it, it, even to show the redistance or, uh, you know, like I said, you know, a benign ignorance, he will pull them right back in. You kind of have a bit of a rough go of it if there's that staunch denial of him, you know, whether it's in the Eucharist or in the heart or his word, scripture, his teachings, his commandments. But what's beautiful is if there's that seed, like you put it. If there's that seed, he will give you that grace to have it grow. And how many times have we seen that over and over and over again over these years through the sacred heart? People who thought they were beyond being saved. You know, they receive it, they receive the message of the sacred heart. They hear of a promise of the sacred heart. Maybe they read a book about the sacred heart or they're given an image of the sacred heart. And all of a sudden, you know, a match is lit. Yeah. And then that match grows into a flame, and that flame burns into a raging fire of love and for the Lord. And what about if the, if the, you know, we're talking family now, but what about if they're not all united? What about if you have a mix where maybe the wife is just totally, on, like you say, cold, Yeah. but the husband is on fire, right? and he's the one who welcomes them sure. and prays, and wow. Yeah. Good things happen in that situation yeah, as well. Yeah, well, it's just like, you know, in our normal family life, not yeah. everyone has to be necessarily warm and welcoming to have a guest come in. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just shove that cold weirdo into a closet and say, yeah. well, the rest of us want you to come in, Lord, yeah. you know, yeah. and you welcome them, knowing full well that there's a certain excitement, yeah. you know, when there's a guest there, and how much more so if it's the Lord. And what know? about if you have a guest come in and you completely sit them down, open the door, and then completely ignore him. No. And, but I mean, it's kind of like... Are you looking like, at me when you say that? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But if you, for enthronement, you know, to just hang a picture... Yeah, it's so true. And, yeah. you know, but when you do start honoring him yep. and start noticing, maybe just say, oh, Jesus, I love you, or going to yep. him. Yep. Wow. Great things well, happen. And you know... You know, the three of us, Chuck, Joanne, and me, Father Slash, how often have we heard people, they're not attacking, but they'll just have a sincere question. Like, how is this not superstitious? Oh, Just yeah. like hang a picture and then you're good. Uh-huh. It's like, well, that is just superstitious, hanging mm-hmm. a picture and you're done. Yeah. When you welcome the Lord's sacred heart into your home, enthroning the image is one step. The real journey begins in allowing him to be the center of your life, the center mm-hmm. of your home, the center of your conversation, your thought. Mm-hmm. It's it's honoring him, venerating him, being mm-hmm. devoted to him. No one has ever just said, hang a picture and all is going to be fine. Yeah. You know, that's opening the door. That's the first step. That's one yeah. step. But the real, the real progress uh, begins in the process of allowing him to be at the center of your heart and of your life and of your home. But but isn't that life? I I, I so can true. think about Ohio State. We talk about football, Super Bowl. We're and right Father, back. we just <laughs> recruited you. He was a football player to be our running back. <laughs> now, is that it? Is there any more to that? No, exactly, you have to continue right. to prepare yourself. It's so true to come to the university. Yeah, to be in shape. Stop playing soccer. Stop playing <laughs> soccer. <laughs> But the illustration is, this is exactly life. Is that no? That's just it's never the beginning. Once and done. Right? Yeah. Preparation has always been part yep. of it. And I know, Father. The other question people say is, okay, sixteen seventy-five. What happened for the first sixteen hundred years? It's true. With the heart of Christ. <laughs> so true. And I'll read this, Father. Then yep. you can comment on it. According to the early church fathers, John's Gospel reveals the Sacred Heart of Jesus as the fountain of life that is the source of the church, of the gospels, of the sacraments, and of grace. Over time, the devotion to the sacred heart had become fully acceptable form of Christian piety. So true. And, and I thought of the comment you mentioned at the men's conference when our Lord put, had, um, our, our, our Lord uh, was there at the Last Supper 
and Apostle John put oh, his yeah. head on the bosom. Exactly. And yeah. received all that wisdom. Right. Isn't that right. what we're really doing? Exactly. We're embracing the Lord. We're embracing the Lord. And if you think of the Last Supper, I mean, what an incredibly mixed bag of emotions. I mean, the Lord has just instituted the priesthood, instituted the Holy Eucharist, and then he's made it very clear the hour is now upon us where the passion will begin. And then if you look at all the apostles and you look at how they're they're all exhibiting a different response, and some of them are offering a reaction. And John, who's been given the task, mind you, by Peter, of finding out who it is that's going to betray the Lord, like who among that company of tightly knit brothers is going to betray the Lord? I mean, that's an insult that afflicts every single one of them. And so Peter turns to John and is like, find out who. I mean, John could have gone to the corner where everyone's filling up on mm-hmm. coffee slash wine slash water, mm-hmm. whatever. You know? No, he goes straight to the Lord. He understands reality is taking a turn, and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. He turns to the Lord. He embraces the Lord. And, of course, we a lot of us think of that popular image of the Last Supper by any of the great number of great artists, but John is embracing the Lord. In the words of the gospel, we're given a very visual image that he embraces him, hugs him tightly, doesn't want to let him go, you know? And uh, it it gives us such a, a powerful, beautiful understanding that, you know, he placed his head on the chest of Jesus, could hear the heartbeat in that very moment when the Lord had just given us his heart in the Holy Eucharist. He had just mm. given us the priesthood to make the heart available throughout the rest of the ages, all of time. And John is there. Mm. And remember, we should not forget that in the Gospel of Matthew, our beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus, he refers to his own heart as meek and humble mm. in the face of all of this pain and agony betrayal and suffering. John is approaching the one who is meek and humble. And that gives us a lot to Mm. just kind of ponder and consider, you know, when we're struggling the most, isn't it usually because of our pride? Mm. You know, when we're tempted to give up, when we're we're tempted to surrender, isn't it usually because of pride or wounded pride? And yet Mm. the Lord is like meek and humble. Notice his strength. And John wants to go to be close to the one who provides that fortitude, that strength, through the meekness and humility, the heart of Jesus. Yeah. You know, Father, as we um, celebrate today the solemnity of the Sacred Heart. No penances. No penances today. Really? It's a solemnity. Oh, I like that. It's like, how big big. is it? It's all capitals, (laughs) italicized, bold, (laughs) underline. You know, it's just like, yeah. Do you hear that, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but but when you we... can eat meat as Dave's popping a something into his mouth. It looks like meat, but I don't think it is. <laughs> but as we think about today, there's a reason why we have today. Absolutely, and we're going to get into that moment. Yeah, that third big apparition before it was the last one. Yeah, that he wanted to have a feast day. Mm. But let's go back to Corpus Christi. 1263, Father. I know. And this priest, how many priests, how many of us are really struggling with the real presence? I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that miracle happens. Yep. Yeah. And a year later, Pope Urban instituted the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Yep. Yeah. So how can listeners wrap their arms around the importance of that feast day yeah. before the Sacred Heart. Well, and here's something beautiful. Let's put things in, just like kind of like pull it together and dovetail it. The crisis in the church today, the crisis in our society, the crisis in our culture, the crisis in our country, the crisis in the whole world, it goes back to a crisis of faith. Humanity has exalted itself and put itself on the throne that belongs to God and God alone. And because we've put ourselves in a position and in a place of honor that belongs only to the Lord, there's an interior discomfort, and that's leading to an interior destruction. So when we look at what's going on in the world today, the breakdown in social order, civil order, laws, the disgrace against humanity, the attack against dignity, the sanctity of life, all stages from you know conception to natural death, and even now the more uh, potent attacks against the church, and even if you look into a lot of dioceses that are having to restructure and they're reexamining their you know their resources and whatnot, you know all of that it all goes down to faith. It all goes down to the crisis of faith. 
Now, when you go back into the late 1190s and through the 1200s, like you said, Chuck, there was a crisis of faith then, you know? You didn't have divisions the way we have them now, but you had divisions then, you know? And what's amazing is the Lord, He understood the plight of humanity. And through several different miracles with several different people, He drew the attention of individuals who were humble, who were Mm -hmm. meek, who were, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, the little ones, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, whether it was a little girl, Juliana, who became a nun, or whether it was a priest who wanted to believe and he was trying to believe, and yet he found it hard to believe, whether it was corruption (laughs) in the church or countries fighting against one another. The Lord revealed the power of himself, not the power of humanity, but the power of himself present among us in the most blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. And it caught the attention of those who dared to look out of themselves, whether it would be the Pope, cardinals, priests, moms, dads, children, sisters, brothers, kings, queens, anyone who dared to look out of themselves for truth rather than settling upon themselves for everything, they took notice of these Eucharistic miracles. And it spread like wildfire, and it led to the institution of the Solemnity of Corpus Christi. And then the church, at that particular time, would exalt particular feasts and solemnities by saying, we're not just going to celebrate this one day, we're going to celebrate this eight days. Like we have the octave of Easter and the octave of Christmas today. At that time, they associated eight solid days of celebrating the gift of the institution of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. How did they celebrate it? Every day would be, well, like for example, at Corpus Christi, and it was instituted on a Thursday, the ninth Thursday after Holy Thursday. So every day in that octave, there would be Eucharistic processions. Ah. Special masses would be offered with prayers that put the emphasis back on the presence of Jesus Ah. present among us in the Eucharist. And over those eight days, and this one, once again, started in the early to mid-1200s and went all the way through the 1800s. You know, there was this un- understanding that Corpus Christi was on a Thursday. That Thursday was the ninth Thursday after Holy Thursday. And mm. also a foul Pentecost. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But the idea being, you know, we've journeyed through the passion. We've journeyed through the mystical uh, experience of the Lord's manifestation of his love, the ascension, the Pentecost, the great moment of the birth of the church in the public realm. You know, and so then after all of that... What We go back. Remember, it's been nine weeks since the Passion, nine weeks since Holy Week, nine weeks since Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, Paschal Sunday. The Lord remains among us. We are not orphans. The Holy Spirit is upon us, but the Holy Spirit drives us, directs us back to the heart of Jesus, present among us in the Holy Eucharist. Now, you hit those like key dates, and everyone's like, why are they always talking about history on this show? Well, because if you don't appreciate the history, you're not going to understand the significance of how the Lord is present. Then you fast forward to the 1670s. Things haven't exactly gotten much better, you know? Mm. And you end up with this beautiful, humble, meek, uh, daughter of God the Father, Margaret Mary Ellicott, and she was a visitation nun. And yet, even as a young girl, she had experienced miracles and promised herself to the Lord. She entered the visitation monastery in Père Lemonnier, France. As she's adoring the Lord, attending Holy Mass, striving to foster that deep communion with Jesus through the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament. She starts experiencing those revelations, the apparitions of Jesus. And they enter into this beautiful, heartfelt conversation. Chuck, like you said, towards the end of that development of the conversation, the Lord Jesus Christ himself refers to Corpus Christi and the octave. Hmm. So once again, what greater consolation do we know that Jesus knows how we live, where we live, when we live. He also knows how we pray, where we pray, when we pray. He knows the life of the church. He's not devoid or ignorant or blind to how we pray. Any act of love, veneration, prayer, any mass we attend, the Lord is attentive to that. He's aware of that. And he spoke to St. Margaret Mary and he said, listen, you are going to celebrate Corpus Christi for eight days from Corpus Christi Thursday for a whole week. That Friday after the uh, octave of Corpus Christi, that very next day, that Friday, I want that to be designated in the whole world for honoring my sacred heart, in the Mass. But here's the here's the catcher. A lot of people didn't receive Jesus in Holy Communion. They would pray the Mass, but there was this fear, hesitation. We might call it a reverence for some, but it, it was a distance from the sacrament. Back in the 1600s. Exactly. Yeah. And today, look at what's happened. It's almost like a flip. 
Now mm. everyone approaches the sacrament yeah. with no sense of reverence. Everyone approaches the sacrament with no sense of where am I, who am I, how am I living? I need to be in accord with his sacraments and his commandments. So the Lord said on that Friday, after you've celebrated the gift of my heart present among you in the Holy Eucharist for eight days, that Friday, celebrate the totality of my presence, the most sacred heart, and attend Mass and receive Holy Communion. You know, And so there the Lord refers to the institution of today's feast himself in his own words to St. Margaret Mary, building upon a celebration of the Blessed Sacrament that had started hundreds of years earlier and goes all the way back into the Gospel of John at the Last Supper, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood, and the Lord embracing or allowing John to embrace him and to hear his heart beat. Well, you know, when I hear you sharing this, which is so important, to really understand the why. And what this is all about is our Lord. And it's our Lord who exactly. really instituted, of course, the Eucharist, but, you know, the enthronement, wanting to honor, yeah. display and honor. This isn't something that man no. has contrived. This right. isn't a new program. Right. This isn't something that humans have yep. devised. Although humans have a lot of good you yeah, know? but this is from Jesus. Yeah, this is like you know, put your stake in the ground, trust it's true. in Him. Yeah, it makes it even more well attractive, but well, necessary. And if you think about how things have developed, I mean, we're using a lot of names that might be very new to some mm-hmm. of our listeners during this hour on this solemnity, of the Most Sacred Heart. But there's another beautiful soul, Father Matteo. Yeah. Father Matteo understood the richness of the connection between that image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the reality of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And Father Matteo saw the breakdown of the Christian family. Mom and dad being pulled out of the home, sent off to work. Children coming home, there's no one there. You know, the breakdown in the social order. And Father Matteo, you know, with full approval of the church and one pope after another after another, he worked tirelessly to have people, what, have a connection in their home to the tabernacle and their church by making sure the image of our Lord's sacred heart was not just an image in the church or at the convent or a statue as you passed by a shrine, but the image of the sacred heart of Jesus, that depiction of the Eucharistic reality of the heart of our Lord was at the center of the home. And again, Father, he appeared to St. Margaret Mary with his heart outside. Exactly, visible. Yeah. Visible. Offered to her. Yeah. Offering that love, yep. that glow, no where barriers. he couldn't contain it anymore. Exactly. But he says this, Father, and um, maybe as a convert, you can help me with this. <laughs> you know more than I do, oh, Chuck. Please. Converts no. appreciate it way more. Right. I understand going to Mass. <clears throat> yeah. Going to Mass. Now he says, and making reparation to it by a solemn act in order to make amends for the indignities which has received, which I have received during this time. It is during it, the, the Eucharist has received during this time. It has been exposed on the altars. Mm. And then he says, I promise you that my heart shall expand itself to shed in abundance the influence of its divine love upon those who shall honor it and cause it to be honored. I mean, this is a big day. Yeah, it's huge. You want graces. Exactly. Why not take advantage? Yep, totally. And the reparation is really saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Right. Sorry that I have sinned against you. Yep. Sorry others are sinning against you. Yep. And I'm here for reparation. And keep in mind, keep we, we. it's important to go full circle, right? John, at the Last Supper, is the one who approached Jesus, embraced Jesus, placed his head on the chest of Jesus to hear the heart beat to love the heart, the heart that has loved all of humanity. At the foot of the cross, John is the one who had the strength to journey to the foot of the cross. Oh, wow. So you can only have the strength to persevere through this life, through the ups and downs, if you depend upon the heart of Jesus for strength Hmm. and for love and mercy. We each need to draw close to the heart, draw close to the Lord, embrace Hmm. the Lord at that moment where he's just given us himself in the Holy Eucharist so that we then have the strength to journey to the cross, wherever that cross may be, however it comes to us. If you want to survive the Calvary of this moment, whatever Mm -hmm. that moment may be in your life, we we have to first draw close to the Lord 
as he comes to us in the Eucharist and as he makes himself available to us in the heart. There are, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Like, none of this could have been authored by the three of us in mm. our three-minute oh, pre-show eval, sure. you know? I mean, this is all in Scripture. It's in the uh-huh. tradition. And when someone's like, I just don't get anything out of being Catholic, it's like, you need to open up, yeah. open your eyes, and start mm-hmm. reading and living and praying and loving the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's all there. And it all comes full circle. And so when the Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary in the 1670s, he basically just invited her into the drama of salvation history. He invited her into the Last Supper. He invited her to Calvary. He invited her into the empty tomb. And as much as he was inviting her to enter into him, what was it? He was offering himself to enter into her, you know, through the heart. Which she had the responsibility to spread that. Absolutely. And she did so beautifully and marvelously. And when when you said, I I thought when she, she entered in, that's really what we're told to do. Yeah. Enter yeah. into the heart of Jesus. Yeah. And where does the heart need to be today of Jesus more than any other place? It's in the family. Absolutely. It is yeah. in the family. And I know, Father, when you started at St. Michael's. Yeah. And you had this inspiration yep. to say, if I'm going to go to a house. Yeah. I got to do more than just bring myself. Right. Oh, so true. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. finish the story. <laughs> Wow. Okay, what a platform or slash diving board that I'm now being pushed off of. (laughs) It's so true. Is it the first time, Father? Yeah. No, I I mean, it's it's a beautiful opportunity to give witness, right? I mean, newly ordained priest, 2008, sent to St. Michael's Parish in Worthington. Huge parish, huge school, beautiful people, wonderful people. Started teaching in the school when the school year began in 2008. And the parents started inviting me to come visit the family, you know, whether it be for dinner or Sunday afternoon or Saturday, whatever the case may be. And as you, you know, I just remember that beautiful wisdom uh, from a a beautiful senior priest at seminary. And he said, remember uh, to us deacons at the time, he said, when the faithful call you, you must never forget your priesthood at the rectory. You must always take your priesthood with you to them because that's how they came to meet you. Don't ever deny or turn off your priesthood. Remember, you are a priest. And I just, those words were like, they seared my mind, and they're so beautiful. So, you know, you get to know these families and these beautiful people, and it's a huge parish. And uh, so I thought, well, you can only, you know, bless the house so many times. (laughs) So I started offering them. I said, why don't we do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart? The deer in the headlight look that I got from nearly everyone But then there was also the tragedies, you know, people having rough marriages, marriages on the verge of breaking, Um, you know, and I remember one young couple asking me if I would like bless their desire to end their marriage. And I was like, "Um, so I know I'm new, but I'm not that new. No, you know, I said, but I was just like, come Holy Spirit, why don't we spend nine days not thinking about ourselves, not thinking about each other? Let's spend nine days thinking about Jesus. And we, I mean, I tell you what, that was like total Hail Mary, exclamation point times 100, you know. And I gave them a little booklet and I said, once again, don't think about yourself. Don't think about each other. Don't think about me. Let's just think about Jesus. Totally. Absolutely. Sales, not management. (laughs) Totally. You know, management was like, sales, you're really stinking on this one. So here's the message. Just pass the message on. And you know what? By the third day, um, there was anxiety. By the sixth day, there was just kind of like this almost surrender, you know? This is it. It's over. It's done. By the ninth day, uh, and we met those three different times, the third, the sixth, the ninth day. By the ninth day, when we actually did the final prayers of the Novena to the Sacred Heart and the like, the act of entrustment and enthronement, um, it was interesting. Like They were willing to actually pray together at the uh, the actual act of enthronement. They had not been willing to talk with one another, speak with one another, be with one another. They were willing to pray with one another, though. Did they end up staying together? They did. And oh, I you know, baptized like five of their children. Oh, so that's it's a, bit, a beautiful testimony, but like that was not me. Yeah. And that was not them. Yeah. It was them opening their hearts to one who could fix whatever had gone this wrong. This is why we were here. This is it's why we're true. here. Just to bring yeah. the good news about the heart of Jesus yeah. wants to be in all homes. Remember, it's the Sacred Heart Hour. Welcome is heart dot com. And uh I know we're gonna close in prayer, but we have more to come. 
We, we have more to come. A lot more to yeah. come. And, uh, <laughs> but just remember, this is a feast day where you got to get to Mass. Exactly. Calories yeah. don't count. Skip no. the broccoli, go straight I, for the ice cream. I love when you say all that, Father. <laughs> okay. As we bring to a close this segment on this special hour, we invite you to join us as we turn our hearts back to the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. My Joey loves to ask me questions about when I was seven. I think it's so he can be sure that he'll be like me when he's my age. He just wants to check that he's on the right track. Dad, was your favorite color blue? Yes, Joey. Did you play ninjas? Of course, I am one. (laughs) Did you kill squirrels when you were seven? Like, Joey, you killed a squirrel? Never mind, Dad. (laughs) One time he stopped me and asked, Dad, how do you remember when you were seven? I don't know, I said. How do you remember yesterday? And he said, I don't remember yesterday. (laughs) Christian, you have a right to forget about yesterday. You can always start over, and your past mistakes never have to determine your future direction. If you missed that point, You just missed the point of the cross. And St. Paul, who used to hunt down Christians to have them killed, but ended up penning most of the New Testament, wrote, Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family. By coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting CatholicsComeHome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome. This is definitely live. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Let me regain my composure oh, because it's all for the Lord. You're joyful, Father. It's a joyful day. We'll call it that. <laughs> so as we enter into the second segment on this special hour, the special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to remember, recall, and rejoice with us because today we celebrate the feast, the solemnity, the most sacred heart of Jesus. As we enter into the second segment, we begin by offering a daily covenant renewal prayer to the Sacred Heart. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you, and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families in the night ahead, and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 You know, Father, um, our Lord, I, I was telling Joanne, it's like reading a book. He saved the best to the last. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the first time I want a feast day. Right. It was That's over true. two years yeah, it's true. preparing her. Yep. Then he wants the feast day. Yep. Then, a uh, hundred years later, 
Yeah. Finally, the church recognized feast day in France. Yeah. Only France. Right. Yep. And then another hundred years later, St. Pius then designated the Friday following the solemnity of Corpus Christi as the solemnity of the Sacred Heart for the Universal Church. Yeah. The prudence of the church yeah. wanting to see how this plays out. Totally. And I think <clears throat> I'm one, if it feels good, looks good, let's do it. <laughs> Well, the church operates a little bit differently, yeah. correct, right. Father? It's true. Yes, she does. And the church will always act as a mother, wanting to make sure that the children are protected. And mm-hmm. it's not just a sprint, but it's going to be a long mm-hmm. race. And there's, as you said, you used the perfect word, there's prudence, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not disbelief. It's not uh, like empty caution. Um, and it's not... Uh, disregard or neglect on the part of the faithful. It's that prudence. Let's make sure this is actually from the Lord. Now, how does one gauge if it's from the Lord? The fruit that it bears. Not Hmm. the fruit in this moment Mm -hmm. where everyone's excited and fervent, but the fruit that will be born over the coming weeks and months and years. Hmm. Now, don't we hear that a lot when People say, Father, how can we, uh, Chuck, how can we, Joanne, how can we honor the Sacred Heart? And we say, enthrone the Sacred Heart in your home. And then they'll do the enthronement, and they're like, well, nothing changed. You know, I was like, well, were you expecting your electric bill to go down? I mean, what's going what are you looking for here? You know, it takes time, you know, and it takes time because you have to honor the Lord. You know, once again, it's not just hanging that image, walk away, forget about the Lord. No. It's that investment into the heart and the fruit that is born over time in the, in the individual soul, you know, remaining kind of convicted, remaining uh, convinced, and also remaining open to the Lord, returning to the Lord. And you, the three of us have bounced off different ideas and conversation with ourselves, among ourselves, but also on air. It's like when things start to become stagnant, you open up the windows to get fresh air in. When the devotion starts to kind of wane, uh, rekindle, renew the enthronement. And people are like, well, what is the enthronement? Well, the enthronement is another uh, offering given by the church to kind of bring that devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Once again, the devotion to the Sacred Heart is the devotion of all devotions because it's the Lord himself, the totality of his personhood, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And, you know, so the church takes her time to make sure that it's real and legit and it will bear and bring fruit to the whole church. That's why it took time. And keep in mind, it's not just an individual sending a message straight to the Holy See. You always have that concern of, well, where are things going with politics? You know, is this something that one kingdom is just trying to push on another kingdom? And ultimately, the answer is yes. It's the kingdom of heaven trying to save the reality of earth. But, you know, it takes time. It's that prudence. It's the mother wanting to make sure the children will be safe for the long run. And so, therefore, the church is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, when you understand that, then you have a deeper trust. And if, you know, there's something that doesn't resonate with you, it gives you an opportunity to look deeper. Mm -hmm. And recently, someone was telling me how they just get... Quote, get nothing out of the mass. Yeah. You know, right. Well, how, because God is so good. He allows us to participate, to choose, to engage. It's not like we're just standing there and He's infusing all this. We have a role to play. Yep. So then the question is when you go to mass, um, you know, are you singing? Yeah. You know, do you read? Do you get the book out? Do you read? Could you get there a few minutes earlier? Right. Get a book on the deeper meaning of the Mass that you might be missing? Sure. And when we don't do that, when we just kind of let ourselves be stale or be, you know, it's it's no wonder because the Lord also wants us to to engage, to be invested. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, let's say one of your sons goes up to Chuck and is like, Chuck, Dad, let's go to a football game. You're like, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. You leave it there. Now, in your head, Chuck, you're thinking, oh, horseshoe, OSU, <laughs> Michigan. Yeah. And then you pull up to a peewee league. <laughs> and you're like, Chad, what are we doing here? I was expecting the horseshoe, OSU, Michigan. You know, Chad's like, 
now it's my son. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you need to prepare for that which you're going to be attending and living and participating and observing and receiving from. You know, so you ask that question, you open yourself up, you prepare for it. If we're not preparing ourselves for the, the truly, and I mean this in the most beautiful, sublime way, if we're not preparing ourselves for the drama of the Mass, you're, you can't be heartbroken when you don't get anything out of it. You know, so many people have said, well, I don't have a good voice. I can't sing. And I think about Chuck. <laughs> Threw me under the bus again, Father. No, no, this oh, is good. This, this is going to have a good place to go. When, we were, when he was first Catholic, he was one of those quiet ones, and I said, Chuck, why don't you sing? And he said, when I was in choir, you know how they have, they they would always give us like, you're a, you know, you're a singing bird. You're, a, you know, car, and it, he said, I wasn't even a hummingbird. <laughs> well, he said, I was the bird that was silent. I said, I didn't know there was a bird that was silent. But, back up, back up now. now. I'm, I'm not finished. But then... But then one time he said, well, this is the voice God gave me, and I'm going to praise him no matter. And, you know, he's he's pretty good now because he, well, father, he engaged. Father, I'm going to a prep school uh, outside oh. of Dartmouth in New Hampshire. You know, you're way up there. Oh, yeah. All boys. Yeah. Playing sports, doing that. The only opportunity to see girls was to join the choir. Oh. Okay. So I joined the choir. Then he looks, and he's sort of upset with a voice. So then I I go silent. No, I thought you were a silent bird there, isn't that? Silent. The the choir was great. But I got to go to sing with the women. So that was my key. But let's go back. Let's go back to these enthronement and the easy steps. So one of the things, Father, we started is having missionaries going in the That's homes. That's true, yeah. And we know all the graces that have come through that. And I love it when you say, yeah. I love it when you say, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like we are in a constant way to get to know the Lord deeper in our homes. Pray a decade of the rosary. Pray the full rosary, do the morning prayer, and so forth. But for those that have not enthroned, we have now come up with what we call the self-enthronement kit, where someone doesn't have to come to your home. Right. And I know that's a barrier for some people for some reason. But it's everything is in there, the three days preparation, how to do it, the image which we ask you to take to your priest and have blessed, everything. Go to welcomeisheart.com. But these are the five easy steps. Choose a Sunday for your enthronement ceremony. Select a sacred heart image. Now, yeah. I know for some people that's difficult because right. it's got to be perfect. I'm saying is just get it up. Right. Just do it. Yeah. Open the door. Open the door. Establish a prominent, prominent place in your home. Put it there because you want to honor this enthronement. Prepare your hearts for three days with your family. And even if family members are not there, they're included in this enthronement. It's true. And then on a Sunday, enthrone your home. And what you're really doing is enthroning your home to Jesus to be the king, brother, and friend and savior of your home. Absolutely. And now Chuck <clears throat> Wilson is no longer in charge. The Lord is in charge. It's true. Yep. And it's I true. need to be more exactly. living for Christ. Yep. To fulfill my role. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Exclamation point. No, it's true. Because, I mean, how often have people heard, tuned in, either to the program live, or they've played it back or heard it or a clip, or maybe one of the men's conferences, women's conferences, Sacred Heart Congress, and there's just that question, yeah, but what's the first step? Like, what's the first step? And you just laid out the five steps, but the first one is, I mean, really just Open your open your heart to the Lord. Yeah. You know, feel free to contact us through St. Gabriel Radio. Contact us through the website. Contact us, you know, through any of the missionaries you might know. I mean, uh, definitely, we are out there and about the work of bringing and the Lord's sacred heart. There are helps out there to you know to be aids to you for this honoring the newsletter. 
Go yeah, to welcomehisheart.com. Yep. Sign up for the newsletter once a month. And you I know will... the program today, because of the feast of the, the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart Feast Day today, it's going worldwide, Father. People can go in on the website and dial in the St. Gabriel Radio. the internet. Yeah. So oh, for you, yeah. Yeah. just go That's to true. welcomehisheart.com. Um, and everything can be shipped to your home. Yep. And, and also the book, Chuck. And the book. Secrets of the Sacred Heart by Emily Jaminette. Every chapter is kind of an entering in, an explanation, deeper explanation, in a very readable way of the 12 promises. So there are helps out there. There's reinforcement out there. And you are not alone. No. You are not alone. <clears throat> it's true. Jesus is with you, and there's yeah. a whole growing army of those devoted and protected by the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And this was from uh, EWTN. On the current church calendar, the Feast of the Sacred Heart is a solemnity, the highest-ranking feast in the liturgical calendar, although it is not a holy day of obligation. Correct. Wow. Wow. So, like I said, calories don't count. <laughs> Come on. Say that again, Father. Calories don't count. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so for people, how can you celebrate? Well, first of all, tonight there's a special Mass at the Sacred Heart Church at 7 p.m. downtown. Um, at And it's going to be a Mass where we celebrate the Solemnity of the Feast of the Sacred Heart. And then there'll be a procession up to St. John the Baptist Church. And the reason that's happening is every 28 years, these two feasts come together. So today, uh, it's not only the Feast of the Sacred Heart, yeah. but it's also the Feast of St. John the Baptist, yeah. to tying this together. And what a great example to use us. We should all be the John the Baptist to point towards Jesus. He is the answer. Also, for those that have not listened to the webcast, go to our uh, web website, uh, welcomeisheart.com. On June 14th, we had a webcast that Emily Jaminette hosted for an hour. We had tremendous interviews yeah. to really understand the graces that and how the Lord is bringing graces in the workplaces, in the homes, in the schools, and so forth. For those that honor and enthrone his heart. Um, with that, <clears throat> we talked about your enthronement. But more importantly, I love it, Father, when you say, hey, this is not once and done. No, not no. at all. No. You, you have to acknowledge his kingship, but to be his friend and remain his friendship, you must strive to love him more. Example, prayer, holy mass, frequent communion, visit the blessed sacrament, adoration, and night adoration. And I think, Father, is this is the playbook. Yeah. It's not like, okay— we're going to create a new playbook. I know, I know, yeah. No need for it. There's no need. In fact, just yesterday I was in a meeting with Bishop Fernandez and um, the uh, Bridgetine sisters. Mm-hmm. And just as a side note, I mean, Bishop <clears throat> shared this brief but beautiful memory of growing up and fiercely devoted to the Sacred Heart and his family, his parents, immigrants from India. And you know what? He mentioned the Thursday night vigil. He did? Before First Friday, you know, keeping that vigil on Thursday night, you know, reliving the that time to stay awake with the Lord in your home as you head mm-hmm. into the day of the Passion, Friday. And I, I just couldn't help but have this huge smile, you know, because that's kind of like code speak for those who are really rooted in the devotion mm-hmm. to the Sacred Heart. And he mentioned that, and I just thought, you know, he gets it. Like, he knows the Lord's Sacred Heart. He knows the power of the Lord's Sacred Heart. He's entrusted himself to the Lord's Sacred Heart fiercely devoted to Our Lady. So like we've we've had a beautiful string of bishops who have been devoted to the Sacred Heart here in our diocese. But, you know, I don't think it's a, well, God incident. It is a God incident that, you know, if you have your family, when you give them the devotion, when you pass that on, yeah. when you honor Jesus in your home, look at, for example, Bishop Fernandez. Yeah. You know, God can work in many ways. There's not just one way. But when parents are consciously enthroning Jesus, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for their children. It nurtures. If your 
son has a priestly vocation. So there's a bigger reason to do this. Now, Father, people are going to say, well, okay, I'm doing this. (laughs) But, you know, what am I going to get out of it? Well, let us tell you what you're going to get (laughs) out of it. true. Twelve promises. Number one, I will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life. Hmm. I will give them peace in their families. Stop right there. I know. That's in bold on this (laughs) list. (laughs) Bold, (laughs) underlined. And I know when we enthroned our home in 1991, and it was just Father Joe Lush. You don't have to have a priest, but he was the one that wanted to come over and prepare us. And then we enthroned, and he witnessed our enthronement. But at that moment, Father, it was like, okay, we've been thrown. He opens the front door, says, Satan, out of this house. (laughs) We didn't know he was there. (laughs) But I I, I reflect on it. People, Satan is all over the place. I know. You need to enthrone your home for one reason. You've got to bring the kingship of Christ into your home to take over from the evil one. That's very well said. And uh, so forth. So if you want peace, you first of all need Jesus. It's true. Mm Because Joanne and I, when we first got married, I tried to sell her over to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't work, Father. She was formed Uh, by the nuns. (laughs) Oh, I see. She was formed by the nuns. And I'm in the Protestant congregational. Ah, I see. You know, so... Uh, anyway, yeah, you were toast. I I was toast. <laughs> the Burnt greatest toast. thing ever happened. Uh, Joanne, why don't you read three, four, and five? I would love to, Chuck. I will console them in all their troubles. Number four, they shall find in my heart an assured refuge during life and especially at the hour of death. I will pour abundant, number five, I will pour abundant blessings on all their undertakings. And the privilege we have had, I know, Father, is every time we read one, we know somebody who's received those graces. Like us. Like us. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Do you want to do the sixth? Okay. Sinners shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. And, you know, when I read that, I think of the divine mercy. Yeah. That we are united with that devotion. It's love and mercy. And mercy is a part of the heart, big part of the heart of Jesus. Number seven, tepid souls shall become fervent. Number eight, fervent souls shall rise quickly to great perfection. Number nine, I will bless the home or dwellings in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. Mm. And I think we have to make sure we understand this isn't just about families. Right. This is about uh, single homes. This Humanity. is about yeah. dorm rooms. Exactly. This is about businesses and schools. Number F- Father, do you want to do the 10, 11, and 12? Oh, yes. Oh, sure. So the 10th uh, promise that our Lord made to St. Margaret Mary pertaining to the devotion of the Sacred Heart, I will give to priests... The power to touch the most hardened of hearts. The eleventh promise from the Lord Jesus. Those who propagate this devotion shall have their name written in my heart, and it shall never be effaced. The twelfth and final promise. The all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive communion on the first Friday of nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They shall not die under my displeasure, nor without receiving their sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge at the last hours. And then he says, Today on my solemnity, if you go to Mass, receive me in the Blessed Sacrament, you will receive all these additional abundant graces. He just wants to keep pouring them out to us, Father. No, I mean, he... It's... He is the Good Shepherd Hmm. who wants all of his sheep to come back home. Hmm. You know, he is that beautiful, loving uh, parental figure who wants all of the children Mm. to be safe at home, you know, and the Lord will never stop um, reminding humanity how much we were made for him 
and how much he is the way, the truth, and the life, so as to get back to the Father. But we have to cooperate. We just, yeah, we just have to open the door. We have mm-hmm. to open our eyes. We have to open our heart. Mm-hmm. We have to take that step, you know. And uh, he's done everything else. Well, as we've entered into our eleventh year, and and it's not us; it's a continuation of individuals yeah. who have been called Nanny. to spread this. Yeah. And um, and I think as we've done this, we're strictly just a vessel. And the eleventh year, Chuck, like we, we you, the three of us will say that, and those who are familiar with our hour will hear that. But you know, and you're listening, and you might like, what's the eleventh year? That's the eleventh year of here locally in Central yeah. Ohio. Right. There's yeah. a concerted effort to restore the sacred heart of Jesus in every household, school, business, every place. And we couldn't do it without the friends. Exactly. Yeah. The, the people who have come forward not just with their time but also with their treasure. Yeah. And helped us to never turn anyone away. Mm-hmm. And all the even religious orders that have requested materials. Yep. And we're excited about that. We're excited to be able to provide that and St. Gabriel Radio necessary approaching us and having the hour absolutely St. Gabriel Radio and also we're we're blessed with our executive director Emily Jaminette uh Mm -hmm. this last two weeks she's been on every major media radio shows (laughs) nationally locally promoting the heart of Jesus and I know father um this is all grace totally Yeah. yeah and for people in Columbus, know that this is now the national outlet mm. to promote the devotion and enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And just last year, we had over 500,000 visit our website. Oh, my goodness. 500,000 500, visit our website. <laughs> and when we understand, we've already have packaged up almost 5,000 enthronement kits already this year. Just for this year? Yeah. Yeah. I, and. It wow. has nothing to do with us. This right. is the Lord that wants to spread the yeah. devotion. So, Father, maybe in closing, just for people out there, what can you leave them to say, enter in even in a deeper way because the enemy is out there looking? Yeah, yeah I mean— what comes to my mind, you know, and none of this is scripted. <laughs> we have talking points, and sometimes we get That's to them, obvious. and oftentimes we don't, you know. <laughs> but, you know, what comes to my mind right now in these last few moments of this Sacred Heart Hour on this uh, Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart is, no matter where you are right now, you know, no matter um, what you may be struggling with, and uh, no matter the darkness that you perceive to be around you, the life of the church, the life of the liturgy today um, reminds us that we are very much thought of by the Lord. We are very much loved by the Lord. And it's dangerous to say it, but we're also very much pursued by Jesus. He wants us as we are, where we are, whatever we may be struggling with, the difficulties and burdens on our minds, um, the disbelief, perhaps, uh, the distance, the sin, um, struggling, brokenness in hearts, brokenness in our lives, broken relationships, no matter where we are. You know, today's feast in the life of the church reminds us that Jesus wants you. And I think that message right there is incredibly powerful. I also think it's powerfully liberating. And yet when we hear that, we're not sure what the next, what the response is supposed to be. The response is, accept the heart that he offers to you. And when you see the picture of the Sacred Heart, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. Because he's offering his heart to whoever dares to look. Which is his towards him. Exactly. And when you see his heart, when you see a Sacred Heart, that's the first step. The next step is moved closer and closer. So no matter where you are, who you are, your state in life, whatever is around you, the joys, the sorrows, the glories, you know, the defeats, um, Today, the church reminds us with great joy and great solemnity, Jesus wants you. And so I just ask you to allow yourself to be wanted and then move to the one who's calling you to himself. Amen. Amen. We close this hour uh, focused on our Lord's sacred heart and entrusting ourselves to his mercy and love. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. 
Be thou our King forever, and in you we have full and entire confidence. May your Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. We ask you to bless our undertakings. We ask you to share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors, and grant us to know you better, to love you more, and to serve you without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.